1954, a businessman was detained at an airport in Tokyo when they couldn't verify the man's passport. The passport seemed legit, but no one had ever heard of the country that issued it. Just as mysteriously as he appeared, he disappeared without a trace while in a guarded room. Was he a traveler from a parallel universe? Or was it all a ruse by a clever con man? Today, we'll talk about the man from Torrid, what really happened when he was detained, and how much of this legend really happened. On this episode of Technically a Conversation. You're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Elena. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good also, thank you. But man, things are so crazy right now. Today is our 42nd consecutive day over 100 degrees. Oh yeah, I know. Our street signs are melting from how hot it is true story. And they actually look kind of cool. Like they look like you're using the show card gothic font in Microsoft Word. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I kind of fuck with it. Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> yeah, it does look really cool. People in Phoenix are getting third degree burns from falling on the pavement, which <sighs> is crazy in and of itself. But the question that I have is what's happening in Phoenix that people are falling so much? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Why are people <laughs> falling over so much over there? <laughs> They're like purposely tripping to see if it's true. Do I get third degree burns? <laughs> You're that or Santos Mariels from like how hot it is. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's that. <laughs> What's Mariels? Like they're dizzy? Like they're all dizzy? From... <laughs> yeah, dizzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the other day we went to uh, Wet n Wild, which is a water park over here. And it was 106 degrees. And in the water, I mean, it felt fine. The, I mean, the water felt warm. But, and you know what? We were taking lots of breaks and going into the shade and making sure that we were rehydrating. But by the end of the day, I was starting to feel like super sick. I don't know if I was getting like a heat stroke or something, but I was just, I was like, no, I don't feel right. I don't feel well. Let's get the F out of here. And as soon as I went into the truck and I blasted the AC, like I was starting to feel better. Yeah, heat strokes are no joke. What it sounds like you had was probably heat exhaustion. Mm, probably. Yeah, it's not too far off from a heat stroke, so you got to be careful. <laughs> it was the the beginnings of. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good thing you're okay. Yeah, it sucked. Well, I mean, I was wearing a, a bathing suit that had long sleeves, which helped because I didn't get sunburned at all. But I think that also um, attributed to me feeling... A lot hotter than I should, I guess. Because, I mean, it was all black, too, so. Oh, yeah. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> so. Say less. Say less. I'm sure that didn't help. <laughs> but it was fun. No, it, it definitely sounds like fun. I, I always have a good time going. It's just at my age now, like, I feel like I don't have the patience for all the other BS associated with it. You know, having to go buy the ticket, having to wait in line, having to go buy food to take with you, having to lug your backpack and your cooler around with you. And with me, it's just me. So nobody nobody helps me like to take my cooler and the bag and the snacks and all the shit that I have. So it's like 
all that other stuff, I think that it's just like, yeah, I don't think I can do wind wild, especially not in 106 degree weather anymore. No, yeah, it definitely was not fun towards the end of the night or I mean the end of the day, but Alan had a good time. The baby had a blast. I think Antonio had a good time, but he said that um, next time he would rather just grill because he didn't grill this time. We just took sandwiches and we're like, uh, let's just call it a day and have fun, you know, enjoy the water. But he said next time, I think he would rather grill and it keeps him busy besides just getting into the water. <laughs> maybe when it's in the 90s, hit me up, maybe. Who knows when that will ever be? Yeah, well, probably won't be till maybe September. And then by then it's already closed. Yeah, that's a bad thing. Also, I don't know if you noticed that one um, interview or something that Mitch McConnell was giving, but it seemed like he rebooted while he was in the middle of giving his speech <laughs> and he just stared blankly into space for 20 seconds, I guess while his operating system came back online or something. No, I didn't see that. But I've heard of other of other celebrities doing that. Yeah, it was the strangest thing. Well, Mitch McConnell's like 90 or some shit. He looks like a, like that cartoon turtle. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, it would say like, oh, if you can draw this turtle, then you can go into like some art institute or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Mitch McConnell looks like, like that turtle. <laughs> no, but I'll be sure to check that uh, video out later. But I have heard of celebrities doing that. And it's just so weird. It is very weird. We're living in a weird time. Uh, there were three whistleblowers talking to the Senate today about UFOs. We have mustard flavored Skittles now. Wakala. We have rocks in our cookies, which is very concerning because cookies are supposed to be a safe space. I feel like I'm in a simulation or a parallel universe or something. And the rocks are in the cookies because they're intentionally being put in or the FDA is approving that much in there? <laughs> no, there was a recall because there were apparently rocks that were baked into cookies Ew. and people were biting into it and like breaking their teeth and shit. What cookies? I don't know about this either. I don't remember. I saw it on the news and I was like, no, no, don't tell me there's fucking rocks in our cookies now too. No, no, no. <sighs> That's sad. That's my safe space. Chips Ahoy now comes with cookies. I mean with cookies. <laughs> <laughs> now comes with rocks. <laughs> Chips Ahoy will now chip your teeth. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I, I didn't know about any of this except for the heat. And the signs melting. <laughs> and the mustard flavored Skittles. I didn't know about that, but I did hear about the whistleblowers. Yeah, it was really weird. Because they were talking about um, like, oh, yeah, they were using like um, like the Defense Department funds or whatever to like study this shit. And the thing that the senators or whatever were fixated on was like, so you're telling me that they were using funds that were supposed to be used for uh, some defense bullshit were being used to study extraterrestrial things? Like, yeah. So you're telling me that fun. It's like, all right, you guys are focusing on the wrong thing. Let's go back to. Yeah. The extraterrestrial thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very frustrating, but surely it was a, a Republican if they were fixated on the money. True. But I don't know. I was only listening to it. So I wasn't paying as much attention to it as I wish I could have. Right. All right. Enough fucking around, Elena. Ready to get started? Ready. Great. Let's get started. Elena, since we're speaking about weird shit and parallel universes, are you familiar with the concept of a parallel universe? I am. Do you believe that they exist? Maybe. I think it's possible. Do you think that it might be possible for our universe to somehow become intertwined with an alternate universe or alternate reality, or maybe for things from another universe 
to bleed into our own universe? I think it's possible, yes. I think that whole Mandela effect has me thinking that way. <laughs> Same. I sometimes feel that way when I discover a Mandela effect. That usually will mess with me. Like when I discovered it was Berenstain Bears, not Berenstain Bears. That really fucked me up. Same here. Sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I feel like everything seems normal. But there will be one thing that just seems off. Something might be spelled differently than how I remember it. Or a word that I know and I'm familiar with just seems weird to say or, or doesn't sound right. Mm -hmm. Now granted, it's probably early stage dementia and my declining mental faculties. But sometimes I'll wonder, am I in an alternate reality or a parallel universe somehow? And then the next day, it seems like everything is fine again. Everything's back to normal. Yeah. Have you ever experienced something like that? Yeah. I feel like that happens to me often. And I know I've told you about deja vu. <laughs> and hopefully I'm not having um, mini strokes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes I feel like it, it must have already happened in another, like an alternate universe or something. And this is why this seems so familiar to me. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, um, I don't get deja vu that much anymore. I remember feeling it more when I was younger, but sometimes it'll be just with weird words. Like I remember one time, um, what was the word? It was um, advisor. I could have sworn that it was spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R, but then when I put it in spell check or something, it said that it was wrong, that it was A-D-V-I-S-E-R. And I was like, huh, could have sworn like my whole life it was A-D-V-I-S-E-R. S-O-R, but, and then it seemed like, um, I thought it was O-R too. Yeah. And then a different time that I typed it O-R, it didn't give me the, the misspelled thing in, in words. So I just thought it was really weird. Hmm. Maybe it's like gray and gray where it's A-Y and E-Y, depending on what part of the world you're in. Or how sassy you're feeling that day. Yeah. También. Yeah. I interchange E-Y and A-Y all the time. So today we're going to talk about a man who might have been from a parallel universe. The following is from a Next Shark article by Carl Sampson, link in our show notes. In July of 1954, a businessman named John Zegras arrived at the Haneda Airport in Tokyo. He handed the authorities his passport, but something didn't seem right. The documents appeared legitimate and had stamps from all the countries he had visited, but the passport was issued from a country named Tarid, which the authorities had never heard of. When asked where the country was located, He stated it was in Europe between France and Spain. The authorities asked him to point it out on a map, which he confidently did, but the map said Andorra. Zegras became upset and stated that Torrid had existed for over a thousand years and couldn't believe the authorities had never heard of it. Not knowing what to do, the authorities put the man in a local hotel while they figured out how to handle this. His hotel room had been several floors up, locked, heavily guarded, and had no balcony. Despite all the precautions, When the authorities went to get him the next day, he had vanished without a trace. Who was this man from Torrid? Could he have been a traveler from a parallel universe? We're going to dig into this. But first, Elena, are you familiar with this story? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I've heard of this story unless I'm confusing it with a different one. But I mean, not only could it be a parallel universe, it could also be a time traveler. Or is that the same thing? No, no, it's not the same thing. I don't think it's ever been proposed that he was a time traveler. Like he was dressed in like clothing that seemed from that century or whatever. <laughs> yeah, everything seemed appropriate. And even the passport seemed like it was legit. Just the only thing is that they had never heard of that country. Mm, okay. So what are your thoughts so far about the man from Torrid? 
kind of a weird story, right? Yes, and very interesting for sure. So you think that maybe he might be a time traveler? I mean, that was my first thought that he could have been a time traveler. But I mean, I don't know. I guess a time traveler could sort of also be a parallel. No, I guess they're not one and the same, but they're sort of similar. Sort of.、Um, I know you haven't heard the last episode that I did on、um, John Teeter. Oh no! But he is a time traveler, and he said that every time that he traveled in time, it kind of created like a almost like a parallel universe. Hmm. So maybe, maybe who knows? Okay. You want to know the craziest part about the story? Yes. John Zegras is a real person. Okay. So we're going to discuss the facts of the story during the second half of the show. But before we get to that. Let's talk about parallel universes a little bit. Yes, let's. According to a Space.com article by Vicky Steen and Daisy Dobrijevic, the multiverse theory isn't just science fiction reserved for Star Trek, Spider-Man, and Doctor Who. Real scientific theory supports the case for parallel universes mirroring our own. The many worlds theory proposes that every time one state or outcome is observed, there's another world in which a different quantum outcome becomes reality. And this continues to branch out instant by instant into infinite alternatives. Those alternate universes are completely separate and unable to intersect. So while there might be uncountable versions of you living life that's slightly or wildly different from your life in this world, you never know it. An example of this is that in one reality, my reality, I put on the first T-shirt I grab from my closet, and my life continues going down the same sad and wretched path it has been. <laughs> that's the current Jose that's talking to you right now. In another reality, I actually stop and think about what I'm going to wear, and I put on the crypto shirt that looks super cute on me. In that reality, things are almost the same, but maybe I had a little bit more self confidence. In a different reality, I wear the same super cute crypto shirt. Someone compliments me, giving me more self confidence. And I finally muster up the courage to talk to that cute girl that I've had my eye on for a while. And the possibilities just branch out more and more. In one reality, her and I get married. In another reality, she breaks my heart and tosses me on the street with the rest of her garbage. In another reality, I get struck by lightning, die, and break her heart. In a different reality, I get struck by lightning and become the Flash, except hopefully less toxic and repellent than Ezra Miller. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> The theory with John Zegras is that he is from such a parallel universe. An example of this would be like if Flash Jose kisses Iris goodnight and goes to bed. When he wakes up in the morning, he's no longer in Central City. Iris never existed, and he's now in Sunland Park and doesn't know why or how he ended up there. Some physicists believe that even though things can continue to branch out, eventually you'll hit a point where things will start to repeat because the building blocks of matter. Can only arrange themselves a certain amount of ways before it's not you. So eventually, those building blocks of matter are going to end up repeating, and there will be another version of you that will be identical down to what you had for breakfast this morning.、Mm, this is making my brain hurt. <laughs> uh, so then. You're saying that there's no way that they could ever intertwine, but then at one point they might. Is that a glitch in the matrix? Who knows? Because <laughs> physicists haven't really figured this out yet. Yeah. <sighs> okay. There's also another crazier theory saying that there's a mirror version of our universe that, on the opposite side of the Big Bang, everything would actually be going backwards. 
So instead of protons and electrons, there would be antiprotons and positively charged electrons. Eggs would uncrack and would make their way back inside the chicken. Ah, cabrón. Yeah. The universe would eventually start to shrink down to a singularity before expanding into our own universe. And another way to look at this is that both universes were created in the Big Bang and exploded simultaneously backwards and forwards in time. This was proposed by researchers from the Parameter Institute for Theoretical Physics in Waterloo. So as you can see, there are many theories surrounding parallel universes, and scientists are still kind of divided on which of these theories is the most correct. Mm -hmm. The big problem figuring that out is that the many worlds idea is not falsifiable. So if you can't rule something out, it's hard to find better explanations. The math checks out, and many physicists believe the many worlds model is possible. They just don't know what version of it is the correct one, or maybe there are different versions that are correct. Physicists haven't figured this out yet, like like I was saying. Yeah. So if physicists still haven't figured out parallel universes, what's to say that people truly can't jump over from one reality to another? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like way too much information. Oh my God. Information overload. <laughs> it's making my, my brain like... <laughs> It's going backwards and forwards at the same time at the explosion point, right? Yeah, it's it's doing its own parallel universe over here. <laughs> I try to find the easiest explanations to talk about parallel universes because it is it's above my pay grade also. So fuck yeah, <laughs> it's a hard concept to wrap your mind around, especially because it's all theoretical and there really is no way to prove it. I know that when physicists do the math, like the math adds up, and it's like. Yeah, this is totally possible. And many physicists are on board and they're like, yeah, they, this is a thing. But it's just, um, there's no way to prove it. Right. They have observed it. Um, and I'm just going off of script here. I'm not sure if it's with protons or neutrons or something. But they have noticed that they'll try sending a neutron. And like when you get down to the quantum realm, like they'll send it and it'll return before it's even sent. Or they'll find that same neutron that's in two places at the same time. And those are like the type of things that like physicists are like, we don't understand how this is possible. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to wrap our heads around that. Wow. Yeah. Quantum physics is really crazy. Yes. So now that we have an understanding of how insane and crazy parallel universes are, let's take a quick commercial break and continue our story of John Zegras, the man from a parallel universe. Oh, wait, do we have an understanding? <laughs> well, we have an understanding of how crazy and insane <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. For sure. <laughs> we might not understand all the concepts, but we do understand that it's super crazy and it's not science fiction anymore. Yeah. It's something that a lot of physicists do believe in. Woo. So let's go ahead and let our brains relax a little bit. Yes. And take a quick commercial break. Let's. Imagine a hospital that did just about anything to put patients in their beds and doctors who performed hundreds of unnecessary heart surgeries on these people. Hear the lengths the government had to go to in order to stop the fraud and why many believe the person responsible got away with it. If the Walls Could Talk podcast shares the tangled history and true crimes that happened at Chicago's Edgewater Hospital, listen to If the Walls Could Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Are you currently enjoying the show on the Stitcher app? Then you need to know Stitcher is going away on August 29th. Yep, going away. 
as in kaput, gone, dead. Rest in peace, Stitcher, and thanks for 15 years of service to the podcast community. So switch to another podcast app and follow this show there. Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we're back. We're back. Did you travel to any parallel universes during our break? I don't know. I might have. I know my brain felt like it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think about the whole parallel universes theory and multiverse? Do you think it's possible now that we went over some common theories? Well, I mean, I kind of already felt like it could be possible. So this just makes it harder, I guess, to wrap my brain around knowing all the science behind it and then knowing that scientists, people with degrees and stuff and all, I don't know, that they they believe that it's true as well. Yeah, I was going to drop some formulas and shit on you, but I was like, no, nah, maybe that might be a little too much. Yeah, no. You can put that on, you can put that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will have the space.com article that I referenced in the show notes. Cool. So do you think that John Zegras could be from such a world? Uh, maybe. I mean, you said that he does exist, but he exists here and then also from a different alternate universe? Is that what you're going to get at? Well, the man from Tord does originate from an actual event that happened. The part that everyone remembers is a sensationalized version of it, but no one remembers the facts, which we're about to break down right now. Okay. The legend suggests that this story took place in 1954, but it actually happened in 1959. The man's name was actually John Allen Kushar Zegras and had been traveling for some time with his passport issued from Torrid. According to an article in a Vancouver newspaper, The Province, Zegras claimed to be an intelligence agent in Taman Rasset, the capital of Torrid, south of the Sahara. Torrid is spelled almost like the legend, but two letters are transposed, but it's unknown if this is down to it just being a spelling error or if it was an actual different place. Being that he was a quote-unquote intelligence officer, he was pretty much treated like royalty anywhere that he went. He had even invented his own language. Next Shark expands on the story and states that even though he had managed to trick other countries, his scam ended in Japan when he was convicted of illegal entry and fraud in April of 1960. The crazy thing is, is that he would have gone away with it like a Scooby-Doo villain if it wasn't for those mangy Japanese and Zegras' own greed. He had actually traveled to Japan with his wife, who was from Taipei, Korea, and it wasn't until he cashed some forged checks to cover the costs of their stay that everything came to light. A Tokyo judge sentenced Zegras to one year in prison, and this is where the story takes a dark turn. So trigger warning, I'm going to mention self-harm. So if you need to, you might want to skip about 10 to 15 seconds. Zegras took out a piece of broken glass that he had hidden in his mouth and slashed his arms. He was rushed to a nearby hospital, and that is the last that we know of him. It's believed that he served the remainder of his sentence, but they kind of implied that there were really no records of this. We also never found out who he really was or where he really was from. Some people seem to think he was from Algeria due to him mentioning the passport was issued in Taman Rasset, which is actually a province in Algeria, but this is just a theory. It was reported that his wife was repatriated to Korea, but it's unknown 
what really happened. What do you think of the story? So they didn't have records of when he was released from the hospital. They don't have records of if the wife would have been repatriated back. Um, I mean, I know it's the 50s, but it's not that old. Well, there's records of him being rushed to a nearby hospital. Yeah, but there's no other records. What happened to everything? That's the last that we know of him. And footage? I don't think there would have been footage in 1960. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, we know nothing else. After he was rushed to the hospital, we know nothing else. And we know nothing else about his wife. That's so weird, though. You would think there there would be records of uh, him being released, going back to jail or not, or maybe he died, death certificate, unless there's some kind of a cover-up. Yeah, nobody knows. And nobody knows his true identity either. Hmm, that's weird. It is very weird. But it's strange that the true story is just as weird as the actual legend, right? Yeah, very much. So when do we get to the part where he shows up and then they put him in a hotel and all that? Well, no, that's the part of the legend. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the legend, they put him in a hotel room. And the next day, he's mysteriously gone. Oh, so instead of the jail, I mean, instead of the jail, instead of the hospital, it's a hotel room. Correct. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because the legend cuts out everything about how um, he caused self-harm to himself, mm -hmm. about how he was sentenced to a year in jail, how you know they found out that he was a carn artist when he tried to cash a forged check. They cut all that part out. They make it seem like he just appeared out of nowhere, put him in a hotel room, and the next day he was mysteriously gone. Yeah. And yeah, in a way he kind of disappeared. But I mean, I think that was just more due to there being poor records that were kept at that time. Hmm, I don't know. It seems kind of fishy. Seems kind of like it might be a cover up for something. Maybe he was really an intelligence officer. We don't know because we don't even know if that was his real name. Uh, but according to the, the facts that we know, that was his name. That was the name that I guess that was on his arrest warrant or whatever. Yeah. Now, I don't remember when I first heard this story. But it's been a while now. This story has influenced at least a couple of books and short movies, as well as countless YouTube and TikTok videos. And it's a great story, but a lot of them don't share the real story, which is almost as crazy. I was watching a video about the man from Torrid from the Y Files, and it reminded me of the story. And although I didn't use it as a source, I'll put a link to it in the show notes in case anybody wants to watch it. His videos are really good. I've binged almost all of them. And I might possibly cover a couple more topics that he's done in the future. The only part's kind of annoying is that he has like a, a fish or whatever that talks. <laughs> yeah, he kind of talks like Saul Rosenbaum. Like we, or no, no. Saul Rosenberg. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. My shoes and my glasses <laughs> and my ass neck was killing me. <laughs> yeah, the little, the little fish kind of talks like that, like Saul Rosenbaum. <laughs> Rosenberg. Rosenberg. I keep saying Rosenbaum because of uh, Lex Luthor, but uh. yeah, uh, Sal Rosenberg. It's like, oh my God, I was taking my temperature and then I sat down. You know that sound that a pencil makes when it breaks? <laughs> oh my God, my ass is going crazy. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, so that's how that little fish talks. It, it's cute at first, but it's it gets kind of annoying after a little while. Is this a cartoon fish or like a regular fish and he's just, I don't know. I don't know. Is it cartoon or a normal real fish? It looks like a real fish, but then they do like that Conan O'Brien shit where they replace the mouth with a, a human mouth. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice. And it's called the Y, like W-H-Y? Yes, it's called the Y Files. Okay. It's really, really good. I'm going to check it out just so I can see the fish. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll show them to you right now when we're done recording because okay. we're pretty much done already. We got some feedback regarding the exorcism of Ronald Hunkeller from one of our super friends on YouTube. Cool. And I actually meant to read this during our two-year anniversary show, but I had so much on my mind that I totally forgot and I kept on forgetting to bring it up. But it was some great feedback. And instead of having me stumble through reading it, I'll let AI read it to us. <laughs> okay, cool. Because <laughs> obviously I can't read today. <laughs> Most of these errors will be edited out, but I can see Elena growing more frustrated every time that I fuck up. No. This from Humboldt Paranormal 597. I read the book on Ronald Hunkeller's alleged possession, Possessed, The True Story of an Exorcism, by Thomas Allen. The book mentions multiple witnesses stating poltergeist activity regularly occurred around Ronald, such as furniture moving on its own, items flying in the air, pictures on the wall shaking, scratch sounds on the walls, footstep marching sounds, Ronald's bed shaking on its own, scratches occurring on Ronald's body spelling out words. Are all these witnesses lying, exaggerating, and or easily tricked? I do recall the director of The Exorcist, William Friedkin, stating that he was told that the actual child that the movie was based off of, Ronald, had no recollection of the possession. If Ronald was able to fake all of this, convincing all these witnesses on what they think they saw, Ronald must be a great illusionist. Part of me wonders if Ronald really was possessed, but he lied to his companion that he faked it, maybe he just wanted nothing to do with it all. But, maybe he did fake it. That is actually very funny, if he actually did fake all of that just to get out of school. That is actually really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's as good as AI is right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is actually very funny. <laughs> but I probably would have had to read it like three or four times before I got it right, so. Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> so I did reply to him and I let him know that sadly Ronald is no longer alive, so we really can't ask him. And one of the priests that was around during the time of the exorcism did state that he felt like Ronald was making the whole thing up. And I told him that I don't remember his name anymore since we recorded this episode a while back. But I did look it up uh, when preparing the uh, script for this episode, and it was Reverend Schultze that suspected Ronald was making the whole thing up. Also, the guy that wrote the actual journal that all the other stories are based off wasn't around in the very beginning. So all the documentation about all the weird shit that happened while at Ronald's house were all third-party accounts. He never personally witnessed it. So Humboldt Paranormal 597, thank you so much for listening and sending us your thoughts. We appreciate you. Thank you. And we actually have gotten a lot of comments on YouTube. And while I do reply to all the ones that aren't trolls, I'm going to start reading some of them or maybe have our AI friend read some of them. And maybe it'll inspire more people to write in. You should use the Saul Rosenberg AI voice. Oh, God, my ass is <laughs> killing me. I was lying in a puddle of my own piss and blood. <laughs> that would be funny. Maybe. <laughs> On that high note, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story 
to share with us about the time you traveled to a parallel universe. About the time you lost your shoes and your glasses. Oh, God. <laughs> Just kidding. It's my ass neck. <laughs> oh, no. I hope we don't get canceled. No, I, I didn't say anything <laughs> fucked up. Anything that they would really say. No, I know. I know. <laughs>